gladiators and welcome to week 14 of flooping the pig i'm brad garoon and with me as always is justin houston and kevin ford and i'm not giving them nicknames this week because we've entered season three of adventure time and things are now getting serious well before they get serious they get silly and they get silly in a big way with conquest of cuteness mr houston why don't you take us through it okay this is yeah this is the premiere of season three uh, I think it starts with them like cooking breakfast or yeah, they're cooking the everything burrito. Jake makes the everything burrito and there's this big rumbling and it's this um, big group of cuties, these adorable little creatures that seem fearsome from a distance, but when they get close, I mean, they're just sort of pillowy and nice and it just leads to them taking lots of fun pictures with them as they're trying to like pummel Finn and Jake to death uh, and try to be fearsome and it doesn't work. Uh, and this infuriates uh, their King they sort of insinuate that they did something to Jake's burrito. And so Jake, I feel like he buries it. I can't yes. remember. Okay, he, he buries bad, yeah. the everything burrito, which was uh, amazing. It's exactly what it sounds. It's just a burrito with everything in it. So a few of them like hang around and harass them for a night and uh, make it difficult for them to kind of sleep. And they make Jake more uneasy than anything. And so they realize maybe these things are more fearsome than they thought if they're able to kind of get in their heads and play these psychological games. So they get ready for an intense battle, kind of barricade everything. And they in the morning, they, they come in like thousands of them. But they're just they're they're terrible at being terrible. So they all sort of just die. And like at times they just explode spontaneous out of sadness or one swing at a mushroom and just hits everything around him. They all end up dead. Well, not dead, but just like maimed everywhere except for the king. And he's really, really sad because he just wants to win one for once. So they gather up the uh, the B-plus players, Lumpy Space Princess and BMO and Cinnamon Bun and a duck, I think. Bubafina. That's right. Bubafina's back. Okay. So they're all there and they're going to fake their own deaths. Lumpy Space Princess is going to make it very dramatic. I'll let Kevin get into that part here in a second. <laughs> um, but uh, essentially, they it's going well. They're faking it very graphically, and they're I mean, not well, but enough so that the uh, the cute people buy it. But then they start doing a cute dance on Jake, and he just bursts out laughing. They figure out the ruse, and they're sad. Finally, Finn just tells them that you know they have to use their own what what makes them special and unique. They have to use that to their advantage, which is being cute. And at the end of the episode, they demand a sandwich from the Ice King. He says no. They all strike like cute like faces and stuff, and uh, and just look adorable. And so he thinks it's adorable and starts making him a sandwich. I think I it's it's super funny. It's when I for, another one I forget all the time because it's it's not connected storyline wise to much of anything, but I love it. Yeah, this is a really fun episode, especially. 
as you alluded to LSP being a part of the army of friends while everyone else is satisfied spraying ketchup on themselves and pretending it's blood so they can pretend to be dead LSP had to dramatically fall in and out of love with one of the cute characters and then she had to die because she fell out of love and it was the way she expressed herself and how she was going to do this was just oh so wonderful and very LSP it was it was great. I really enjoyed watching this. First, I'm going to fall in love with one of those little guys. And then I'm going to fall out of love. And then I'm going to totally fake die of a fake heart attack. Oh, my heart. My heart hurts because I fell out of love. And now I have to die. Ah! I also forget about this one all the time. And it was funny because when I was thinking about podcasting earlier today when i was thinking about what we would say about this i actually couldn't remember how it ended and i watched it yesterday so <laughs> there's not much lasting here but i will say that uh, justin i think you left out you know you said they just wanted to win one but the cute king didn't just want to win one he really wanted to bathe in the brains of his enemies which i thought was very funny coming out of his cute voice and yeah, and LSP's stuff was good. But but beyond that i literally can't remember a single thing about this one and kevin when i was telling you about these episodes yesterday before I watched them I was like yeah there are three real winners here and one that I honestly don't remember at all and that was this one. Oh, well then I disagree with you on there being three winners coming up but we'll get to that later well this this is another one that I feel like is kind of driven most of the humor is not <clears throat> is not you know snappy lines and uh, even like super catchy songs or anything it's driven kind of by the artwork and and the the creative ways that they depict these very simplistic creatures like decimating one another. So I feel like it gets every time I've seen it, I see something else that I didn't see the first time. Something I catch some little, you know, piece of animated gold that's in the background or I mean that's what Adventure Time's really good at. Kind of multiple viewings and get something else in the fringe. And I, you know, I don't I don't like love the episode. Like just like Brad, I sometimes forget this episode exists. I know for a fact that my girlfriend has seen this but she swears that she has not. That's how forgettable this episode kind of is. But when you watch it, I feel like everyone enjoys it. I don't know. It didn't. It doesn't do much for me outside of, uh, yeah, I agree. Like the, the transition from Finn telling Jake that his burrito is, is just fine to jump cut to Jake staring sadly at the grave of his burrito and the grave <laughs> not saying giant burrito or everything burrito is just says, my burrito on the tombstone. That, like, that's really funny stuff. But My burrito is dead. His burrito is super dead, but it's not going to come out of stuff. But speaking of things that are dead, there are a bunch of dead gladiators that in ghost form are going to fight Finn and Jake in Morituri Te Salutamus, I believe I said that correctly. Finn and Jake are getting done just barely succeeding in saving these other cute creatures from a hamburger monster. When And we don't get to see nearly enough of that hamburger monster when they stumble upon a, an, an arena. The Colosseum. And even though they can tell that walking into the Colosseum would be a trap, the promise of fights and adventure is too alluring, and they purposely walk into the trap. The guy in charge is the, the Fight King, and he pits Finn and Jake against his ghost gladiators in a series of fights. And between each fight, they get a chance to rest underground. The main theme of this episode is that Jake cannot stick to any of his and Finn's plans, and he always ends up mucking things up. So Finn's plan when they're regrouping between battles is to fight the Fight King's monsters and win their freedom. Very straightforward. But Jake wants to dig to until he reaches lava 
make a lava hula hoop, you know, for morale. And that'll help them escape. Um, eventually, Finn, it seems like he's been hypnotized by the Fight King's bloodlust. But uh, in the end, it turns out that he was just pretending. And he didn't tell Jake because Jake would have mucked up the plan. They destroy the Fight King's sword and escape and free all the ghost gladiator's spirits. And that's that. Uh, uh, this episode has one of my favorite songs in the history of Adventure Time. In the episode, it's broken up. It's the Tropical Island song. But if you go on YouTube and search for it, you can hear it all at once. And I love it, and that's why I played it at the top of this episode. What did you think, Kevin? Was this one that you didn't like? Yes. The, the song was okay. Uh, I did like the part in the beginning where Jake and Finn were going to walk away from the fight, but then were lured back in. But otherwise, there I didn't think there was anything to this episode. It was boring. It was really hard for it to keep my attention. It didn't feel like it really accomplished anything. It was just kind of there, and I was glad when it was over. What exactly did Conquest of Cuteness accomplish that this episode didn't accomplish? These well, are all like filler episodes until we get to Memory of a Memory. Fair enough, but at least that I felt like I had a fun time watching, and this I just couldn't wait for it to be over. What do you think, Justin? I love it. I mean, I, I figured out pretty quickly what was going on with the um, with the other warriors. As soon as they started sort of adding a dimension to them, you know, apologizing and things, you realize that there's a, a much darker layer to uh what's what's even worse than what it appears to be uh is that these warriors are all the uh you know the previous dead teammates so i i understood that it sort of foreshadowed where this would end up and how it would end up it also sort of tackled the not only did it accomplish doing something serious that i thought was effective and doing something comedic which was great i love that song and i love that it's uh it, it is kind of a full song that's broken up into uh, a bunch of different sections. Yeah. But um, it just, it has no, it has nothing to do with anything. It's so, this episode has nothing to do with the tropical island. And Jake just decides to sort of almost hijack the episode in an attempt to make it about this song and his desires to have a lava hula hoop. The different ways they approach the situation, Jake's both boredom and his just nonchalant style you would rather have fun, whereas Finn, in his, it's even referenced in the beginning with Jake wondering whether it's just like his hormones raging or something like that, if that's what he hears. Or not, no, it's just testosterone, like him growing up. But he sort of makes reference to that and him growing up, and, and it's a very, like, Finn thing to do, to want to continue to prove himself and to just, you know, fight people. And to uh, at, at the end of the day, it turns out he's just, just kind of wanted to prove uh, his plan was superior to Jake's. Speaking of that, you know, just like you said, Jake actually overtly says to Finn, I think you're just feeling puberty right now. And that's what I tell people this show is about. When people ask me, what is Adventure Time? I'm like, well, ostensibly, it's a show for kids about a boy and his dog. But really, it's about a kid going through puberty and what that all entails. And and it's just a fantastical version of what everyone sort of believes when they're going. Every boy believes when he's going through puberty. This is not, aside from the Fiona and Cake episodes, which I think do a really good job of giving the female's point of view, there's only two of those episodes. This show is very much about like a boy's experience of puberty, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I don't know. I, I got a lot out of it. I was invested. I don't know if it's just because I, again, it was pretty clear where it was going from the, from the get-go once they got in there that it was going to lead uh, to some kind of fight between them. I loved it. I just want to real quick read off of Adventure Time Wiki because I think there's a, a couple cool little notes about who the... Uh, gladiator ghosts were you know so like you said they were they were all in pairs and they were all friends that had to fight each other in the end and kill each other and that's where they apologized to each other a pair of them were amazonia and achillea female gladiators whose graves were discovered in london 
Priscus and Varus, who are gladiators known to fight the opening games of the Flavian Amphitheater. I, I don't know what any of this is. But what I do know is uh, Romulus and Remus, uh, the legendary brothers who supposedly founded Rome, where the gladiators originated. Um, then Hyperion was in there, which is cool. So I don't know. I thought that was all real neat. Yeah, it could have just been, you know, guys that they were fighting and didn't, you know, that they could have put it together at the end. But they give you clues right off the bat, I feel like. So it's... Uh, it's a good one to, uh, I guess, invest a lot of time in. Or it was for me, anyway. I saw this. I, I, I found the snail. But that's okay. That's it's, cool. not this, it's not the section. I just, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. It was, a, it was a, one of the easier snails to find this. There's, there was a couple challenging ones in here, but that wow. one was not. Can't just let Justin have it. I'm not trying to shoot him down. I'm just saying. Well, speaking of shooting him down, Marceline had to shoot down her ex-boyfriend twice in the episode Memory of a Memory. Kevin, why don't you walk us through it? Yeah, so the episode starts with Jake running to Marceline's cave, and it starts out so fast and furious that the music from the title card is still playing when this episode starts. And on Jake's shoulders are both Finn and a wizard who claims that Marceline is a spirit animal. And the wizard says that Marceline accidentally cast a sleep spell on herself, so they're running to go save her. And he, the wizard, decides to send Jake and Finn to Marceline's mind so they can find her memory core. And there they can find the memory of Marceline casting the spell on herself and remove it. So this would never happen. The wizard can't do it himself because it's a dangerous task and he doesn't have any arms. He just has legs. Uh, so he he sprinkles his wizard dust on their heads because Finn's head is going to be the thing that leads them to the right memory in the memory core. And so they fall asleep and enter her memory. So the first memory they encounter is Marceline as a kid playing with a teddy bear. And she leads them to a cellar door which is filled with a bunch of food. And that leads to... The second memory where we see Marceline's dad eating Marceline's fries, which, as you all may remember, was the song that Marceline was singing or the subject of the song she was singing in the episode. It came from the Nidosphere when her and her dad got together again. The third memory is we see Marceline and her ex-boyfriend, Ash, moving into the same tree house that Jake and Finn now live in. And at the time, they were still dating each other. And then the fourth memory is Ash telling Marceline that he sold her stuffed teddy bear, which we saw in the first memory. To a witch for a strand of flowers that can make potions, and this leads Marceline to dump ash. So they end up finding the memory core in a crack in the floor that's in that last memory, and and it's really coolly animated in in this scene. And uh, Finn's head begins to lighten up amongst this one particular memory, which they grab, and that brings them back into the real world. And it turns out the memory that they grabbed was the one where Marceline dumped ash for selling the teddy bear. It turns out the wizard was ash all along. And that he had been the one to put her under the sleeping spell, and this is all just a ruse for them to get back together, because if she never remembered dumbing him, then she would just think they were together. So Finn and Jake, knowing what they know, go to try to stop all this from happening. Their plan is to go to Ash's house and just start banging the shovel on this shed that's outside to get Ash's attention. So Jake does that, and it turns out there's this little troll guy who lives inside who starts screaming for help, and Ash goes and chases Jake into the woods giving Finn time to go into the house, and he actually brings Marceline into his memories, which leads to one of my favorite scenes in all Adventure Time, where Marceline looks into the bathroom and sees a buff baby Finn shaking his can like a man. I'm a buff baby that can dance like a man. I can shake him my fanny, I can shake him my can. I'm a tough tootin' baby, I can punch your buns. Punch your buns, I can punch all your buns. If you're an evil witch, I will punch you for fun. But then it's there that Finn is able to show her the memory of Ash selling her teddy bear and her breaking up with him. And she does it all over again. And both Finn and her just start kicking down Ash until Jake's giant foot comes down and stomps her to end or stomps Ash rather 
to end the episode. And this was great. This is a really fun episode and just just good times and some great callbacks to previous stuff that we knew of in Adventure Time. Justin, you're big on Adventure Time mythology. Why don't you tell us, try to do it without spoiling anything, why this episode's so important? Well, um, this episode's important because, I mean, first and foremost, it, it's... Uh, it starts something that you don't really th- you don't really think about, and you don't really know is going to be important later. It's addressed this past season, season five, and it's one of those. It's just another seed that's growing into a plant that's going to be a tree by I don't know season seven, and it's uh, it's going to be a big one eventually. But essentially, this just it, it's taking you through uh, important events. Specifically, it takes us back to the Great Mushroom War which is not somewhere we've ever been before, even if it's just in Marceline's mind. We were, we're there, and we uh, see her as a little girl, and that's it's something that, you know, in some of the best episodes of Adventure Time, we'll explore again. Um, so there's just a lot of important stuff going on in this episode, but none, none are more important um, than Baby Finn's song. I mean, yeah. it's like truly my favorite thing in Adventure Time if... Um, if my daughter is ever down or sad, I can put this song on and it's just instant happiness and it works on me too. Like it's, it's just, it's masterful. This is not the only time you'll see it. It makes, um, a couple of really genius inclusions. There's, there's, uh, what's great about adventure time too, is that when they do callbacks to this stuff that we love, it's always, it always feels organic. It never feels like just like fan service to stick it in. So you won't see it coming when it happens, but uh, it's it's wonderful and adorable. I don't want to go too much into, because I, I don't know where that, that border is, but uh, everything from the Great Mushroom War to uh, to Hambo himself yeah, to, um, to to even Ash and uh, the, the dirty deeds he done um, are uh, important. So... Yeah, this is uh and it's a really great episode to boot that just it moves at a really great pace. Never it never you know moves too fast. It never slows down and uh it's just it's uh, a perfect it's just 11 minutes of perfection. You know Justin, one day you're going to get a call from your daughter's principal saying she was punching somebody's buns and you're going to have some explaining to do. It's absolutely possible and I'm not even joking. Speaking of punching, this is not a segue to a different episode, but as much as I do love this 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 one and Justin, I think you. There's nothing left to say. You said it all. I find the scene where they beat up Bash at the end exceedingly violent for a cartoon show, especially Definitely. given how genital centric it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also did love when uh, they go into the memory of Marceline's dad eating her fries, and and Finn just looks and whispers, "Don't eat those." So the first time I watched this episode, I watched that bit over and over and over again. I could not stop laughing. And I was really just in awe at how brilliant the show was. Because how many cartoons do something like put out a song about a dad eating fries? It would never, ever come back. It was an offhand thing. You wouldn't you don't even know if it really happened back then. It's just something that Marceline's singing about. And then, nope, this really happened. We're going to show it to you. Finn remembers that Marceline's upset about it. He's going to tell the memory no way. I, I it just I'm in awe. I'm constantly in awe at the show, and this was the first time that they really blew me away. Was that memory? This is also it led to an interesting conversation I had with 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 Danica, my daughter, about um, because he sings this when he, he casts this spell. He you know he gets this new wand, and th- this little ghost comes out, 
and says, um, you're not a genius. And so she sings this for a while. And then I guess the words kind of settle in. So she asks me why he would get it to say that. Why would he say that to her? Because it's not something physical. It's not you're ugly or you smell or something like that. It's it's intellectual. So it's this kind of I think that's why they beat on him so bad to make it very clear that this guy is kind of worse. The damage that he does uh, is kind of worse than uh, than just you know hauling back and slugging Finn or Jake or something like that. Um, that it's it's emotional and it's about manipulating someone to make them feel just kind of worthless. And I think everyone's probably done that either, either consciously or subconsciously in their life to sort of use someone's own suffering or a low point to kind of prop themselves up. But Ash is just unabashed about it and it steals memories so he can continue doing it. Um, he's, he's, as he's a pretty scummy guy, I guess. And, uh, so I thought the, the beating, it's tough to explain why he deserved that level of scorn, but I I think it was well-earned. I thought you were going to go in a different, maybe less serious direction with that because, you know, there's a level of sarcasm there because he calls Marceline a genius very sarcastically, and then the ghost says, you're not a genius, and I, I don't know. I thought that would be a good introduction to what sarcasm is. But I guess even that's probably a little too, a little she too already, much. No, she already understands sarcasm. Um, Yikes. How old so, is she? Five? Five. Yeah. So, so, well, it's just one of those things that, you know, if like we'll be, you know, as adults, we're sarcastic and we'll say something. And if she doesn't understand, I try really hard not to just say, well, I was just saying stuff. If she has a question, I feel it's my job to give it the best answer I can, even if she stops paying attention halfway through and just goes and does something else or just like falls over and is like, ah, forget it. So that was one of those things that for whatever reason she paid attention to. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's not sarcastic herself, but she understands that if we say something like that smells like poo or something, she'll go, what? We'll go, well, we're being sarcastic. She'll go, oh, so not really like poo, that kind of thing. But no, it, it's just, it's hard to explain to a kid because it's a, it's a conversation, you know, it's not something you'll understand until you experience it, until you've been around a guy that, you know, has to put you down to make himself feel worthwhile until you've been around that guy or been around that person. You don't really understand the sensation or why it's, uh, why it's damaging and how to handle it. Well, she'll be in school soon enough. And we all experience that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not only do we all experience it, we all engage in it. I mean, everyone does that thing. Even when you're a kid, even if you're not aware of it, that you, you, you put someone down because they're different or because they're just to either save face with a group of friends or just in this case, because you're just misguided. And I think Ash is just, he's not misguided. It's pretty clear. I mean, if he, if he was this big a jerk and now he's going back to try to continue to be this big a jerk, obviously he's learned nothing. Yeah. Well, speaking of people doing things to hurt other people, let's talk about Hitman. Bret Hart? Uh, no, not Bret Hart. The Scorcher which also would have been a great wrestling name. So Ice King has set his sights on the Breakfast Princess and her little sister, which is super creepy, especially given that he wanted nothing to do with Princess Bubblegum as soon as she became young. Sounds like Justin. Why are you doing that? We just talked about not doing that. Doing what? Putting people down. Did we? Just now. Justin just spent like 
a ton of time talking about that. No, it's different with him. He was he was busy bullying people online. He right, anyway, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Oh, so uh, let's let's pretend that Ice King's only interested in the more grown up um, breakfast princess. Uh, she calls Finn, who comes in and grounds the Ice King. Ice King's very upset that he's grounded. We never get into the politics of this or, or the legalities of Finn grounding the Ice King. But Ice King decides that he wants to be able to hit Finn without having to leave his house because he's grounded. He can't leave his house. So he calls a hitman to hit Finn, not realizing what that entails. The hitman shows up. He is horrifying, quiet, relentless. Uh, there's some other adjective that describes him in his ad. And he agrees to hit Finn. Um, Ice King starts to realize that he's just trying to burn Finn and Jake alive and not just hit them on the shoulder or something. I'm, I'm going to leave the impressions to Justin. And hires another hitman to hit the hitman, um, Blastronaut. But Blastronaut fails miserably, and the little goblin inside his Samus Aran outfit runs away. Um, in the end, Ice King has to convince Finn and Jake... Oh, just got another high score in Doge 2048. Sorry. He has to convince Finn and Jake that it's in their best interest for him to freeze them so that they appear dead so that the hitman will leave them alone. They won't listen to him, so he does it anyway. It all works. And then he sits on them like a mother hen to warm them up at the end of the episode. I found the snail on this one. Was this one of the easy ones, Kevin? Yes. Uh, yeah, this is a really good episode. This is maybe one of my favorite episodes to involve the Ice King. I thought the grounding argument between Finn and Ice King was really funny. Uh, just his reaction to it and the fact that Finn said that he had a bubble butt and then he turned around and my God, did he have a bubble butt? So bubbly. Uh, breakfast princess might be my second favorite princess just because breakfast food is so good. So that sounds like a great thing to be a princess of. One of my favorite ice king lines in the episode is when he goes, you know what happens when you're burned alive? Your eyeballs explode. I don't know why, but I just laughed and laughed and laughed when that happened. I can tell you exactly why. It's the way he says it. He's just so casual about it. Like, <laughs> well, how, how does he know? One. It's just, just like, like a fact. Right. He's like, you know what happens when you're burned alive? Your eyeballs explode. Blah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, just oh, the delivery was so good. Although I have to say that me and the Ice King have heat now because he, he was going through his list of least favorite princesses. And LSP was the first one he mentioned. Get out of here, Ice King. Well, he also doesn't like Ghost Princess because he can't even hold her hand. I know, but... I love that logic. That's a good reason to not like Ghost Princess, but I, I can't get behind someone who's not a fan of LSP. So, Justin, we have heat. I guess so. I don't know. Um, I, I like when episodes just match the tone of whatever story they're trying to tell. And when they center something around Ice King, they just they give up trying to make it make any sort of sense. Um, I, the, the emotional toil, like the emotional, uh, roller coaster that really, that Jake goes on about meat man and having dreams about meat man. I forgot about that. Fantastic. And the way he's just sort of, it's just like two lines where he said, I had a dream about meat man. I don't think I'm going to eat meat man anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you also get to like be there when he's having his nightmare about meat man. No, later in a corn. No, don't, don't eat meat man. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who haven't watched the episode, since we spoil current episodes, Jake and Finn were eating um, sandwiches when Ice King burst in on them the second time, or maybe the first time, and and Finn wondered out loud if it hurts Meat Man when they eat his meat. Meat Man is apparently, uh, he's off screen, we don't see him, but he's apparently a a character who's made of meat, probably like the candy people are. 
and Jake has no problem eating Meat Man until he starts getting nightmares. Kind of like how you get do you guys get nightmares when you eat chocolate? I get nightmares when I eat a lot of chocolate. I do not. Oh. It's possible. I haven't found a correlation, but <laughs> you need to do a double blind study. Really? Because, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I eat a lot of chocolate. I'm a big candy freak, and I, uh, I, I have a lot of nightmares. I, I do, but literally, this, I, as far as I know, it doesn't take anything to prompt them. So, uh, uh, and I don't, I don't need a whole lot of chocolate. I don't know. Chocolate's the best. Uh, uh, there's a fun Easter egg which I found during my uh, constant uh, time on Adventure Time Wiki, where um, in the episode the beans, the pods, Finn may have drawn a picture of Meat Man because when he draws a picture of the food groups, I think it's in the pods, he draws a picture of food It's in the jiggler. That's right, it's in the jiggler. Yeah, he draws this picture of meat and the meat has a face. So that maybe that's Meat Man. Correct, because, yeah, spoiler, we we haven't met Meat Man, so not that we know of. Yeah, that's sort of an anti-spoiler. Like, yeah, Meat Man is one of those (laughs) characters, like like the cute people who just doesn't come back. Yeah. Oh. That happens. I don't know if we can really lament people not showing up when so many most cartoons when they introduce something they're like, "Wow, that was great. Let's never do it again." Or just like, you know, move on or uh, you know, if it's something really popular, they'll just come up with kind of lazy reasons to insert them in. Uh, the show just lets it kind of happen. And uh, I actually you- find it annoying when on Adventure Time things never come back because because so often they do. Not not when they never come back, like if the businessmen never came back, that'd be okay because there was an explanation of why they were gone. But the cute people, there's no explanation. They should still be bothering Ice King all the time. That's I, I guess that's true when they set that stuff up. So I'm still I don't I'm not going to say who this is, but like I'm still waiting for the return of Meemaw. I've uh, I've thought that as well. Actually, when I was first watching it, there's a DVD that comes out involving this character, and there was only one episode in there involving this character so i don't know why they named the dvd after them but it was very misleading i thought i'd get like you you know get a bunch of episodes has not happened so yeah was- actually i watched this interview i should save this for later but i'll bring it up again when we watch jake versus me but there's an interview with Penn ward where he jokingly says he'll never bring me back for a couple of reasons, which I'll get into when we actually watch that episode. But it sounded like it was a joke, but now I wonder, like, will he really never bring Meemaw back for that reason? So anyway, we're talking about things that aren't related to these four episodes. Let's you know talk about... Else? Well, what, there's no. one more thing that's related as well. Uh, boing loins. Right. Is so a phrase boing that comes loins. back up again. So boing loins, it's interesting because in the original transcript for this episode, Ice King actually says nuts and not boing loins. So he's trying to um, distract Scorcher and he's saying all these different things like, hey, look over there. There's this. There's that. And he goes, hey, look over there. Someone got hit in the boing loins. The boing loins. loins. The boing loins. Somebody got hit in the boing Eventually, Scorcher looks. But in, in the original transcript, he said nuts. And I wonder how that would have sounded. Somebody got hit in the nuts. The nuts. The nuts. But um, I thought it was interesting because in the episode before this, like I said, Ash gets kicked in the boing loins. And then in this one, Ice King's talking about someone getting kicked in the boing loins. Maybe he's talking about Ash. Maybe he knows with his weird wizard eyes. I just thought it was interesting that both of these episodes have nut nut content. They are not yes. good for people who are allergic to nuts. The more mm. I think about it, the more I would like to see, uh, like, Jake see Meat Man at some point. <laughs> and just them have, like, an awkward, you know, sort of like he broke up with Meat Man. Yeah, maybe Meat Man is hurt that he's not eating him anymore. Yeah, he's like, Jake! You're like, oh, oh, hey, Meat Man. Uh, I'm just, I don't I don't have time for this right now. Are, like, are there other meat sources in the ooh? In the ooh? Meat Man? Yeah, they kill, I mean, they kill animals all the time. Yeah. yeah, at least they used to in season one. 
I, I would not be surprised at all if that happened because think about like we've seen it once in the Duke of Nuts. The cat. Oh wait, is it in the Duke of Nuts? We've seen this cat that writes the letters to Jake and is angry at him. Yes. Squirrel. The squirrel. The squirrel. The squirrel. Yeah. squirrel. I mean that squirrel comes back. Awesome. So um, that. But I've, that's all I got. So Kevin, why don't you talk about some some snails? Hashtag snail search continues on to season three. In the conquest of cuteness, the snail is inside a domed cage thing during the montage when Finn and Jake are taking photos with the Legion of Cuties. In the moratory detail, salutamus, whatever Brad said it earlier, uh, he's just by the door to the castle when they, when Jake and Finn go to see the fight king. And memory for memory, this was a really difficult one. The snail's hanging upside down in Marceline's lamp when Finn and Jake enter the room to find her asleep. That took a couple uh, a rewatch for me to find that one. And then in Hitman, when Finn and Jake are running through a field, they they tumble over a tree stump, and the snail is on that tree stump. Oh. And now the snail's eyes are filled with the hatred and the fear of the lich. Yeah, I wanted to know if you noticed that. I did. Yeah, his eyes are now, like, white and bigger. So, yeah, the lich lives within the snail. For the foreseeable future. Mm, yes. So speaking of the lich, uh, you know, I said last week he's voiced by Ron Perlman. This week we don't have any any huge new uh, guest voices, but we do have uh, Jackie Buscarino, who was the voice of Susan Strong, returns uh, to voice the cute king. And Steve Agee, who was the voice of one of the hot dog nights, uh, and we had a conversation about him a couple weeks ago being a part of the Sarah Silverman crew. He shows up as the voice of Ash, you know, since that's all the things that we usually talk about on this show. Justin, kick us off with some Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Justin J. Houston. Um, I updated my picture because everybody said that they didn't like my picture, so I got a new one. Um, it's better. I will add a column for PW Ponder. It's, it's called Rub Raw. I write about Raw, and uh, you, we can read it on PW Ponderings, Twitter, Justin J. Houston. You can follow me on Twitter at KFord13. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio by searching for PWP Podcasts. The episode is published on PWPonderings.com every Monday, but if you subscribe on the iTunes or Stitcher Radio feed, you get it a whole day earlier. Also, news, Adventure Time Season 2 is now available on Netflix. So if you'd like to go back and listen to the episodes where we covered season two and watch the episodes, you can do so that way. Brad? You can follow me on Garoongate. You can follow me on Burger Weekly, where I'm running a bevy of contests right now. And I'm going to I'm gonna do a little, oh, no, this is going to air after it's over. Oh, no. Well, um, maybe, oh, no, this is going up Sunday on iTunes. If you hear this on iTunes or if you hear it early enough on Monday... Please go to Kickstarter and search BurgerLift and donate so we can make this thing a reality. By the time you hear this, this will either be over or ending. The BurgerLift is the coolest thing, and I want this thing to get funded. It will help you never get soggy hands when you eat a hamburger again. So hooray for that. Um, and then also check out the contest I'm running on Burger Weekly. You can win free hamburgers and also a two-night stay in New York City. So that's cool. And all those contests end today. So do it quick. And don't forget to floop the pig. I floop the pig. Mm-hmm.